see what happens. It looks fine now, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want me to start from the top? Or? Oh, no, I want you to hear that one. Yeah. Beautiful. That's I want that one in your ears yeah. first. I want that in your ears first. Let's start from the top, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut some of this in just for shits and giggles. I don't know why. This is gonna be like, what is what is going on? Brooks burping yeah, into the fucking total chaos. Total yeah. chaos is what's happening. Totally. Welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is the third time that we are starting this episode because my microphone is all over the fucking place. This is the 270th episode of our weekly podcast where we talk about all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim, coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. I have returned from the land of COVID and theme parks to tell you about my visit to the land of COVID and theme parks. And I've got Mark with me. Mark is also here. Yes. It's going to be very interesting figuring out how much of that, like 20 minutes of horseshit <laughs> I'm going to use going yeah, on. We'll see. Yeah. We're having some problems tonight, kids. It's good times. <laughs> yeah. So let's just go ahead and get into the news. Cause there is a good amount of stuff that happened this week and it's kind of all over the place. So it's going to be very scattershot nerdy news segment first off the emmys happened and there's nothing really for us to talk about because they fucked over all the fucking genre shows yeah we didn't even talk about the nominations last week so like don't worry about it too much because we were i was i looked at them and i'm like none of these are gonna win these awards but so yeah Yeah, like wandavision and the mandalorian both had over 20 nominations each and so did handmaid's tale and got nothing absolutely fucking nothing no recognition for any of them. It was all like more like drama y kind of shit. The Crown, Mayor of East Town. Wow. Oh, and that that Ted Lasso show on Apple TV Plus, which so many of my friends are fucking blowing left and right. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like it's a show about fucking soccer. Like I uh I have a free Apple Plus subscription, like Apple TV subscription, because yeah. of my phone. Like it came with my phone for this year. Mm-hmm. And I did. I have been looking at ordering my thirteen. But either way, so I have been thinking about watching it. But like, I can't imagine that it lives up to the hype. Exactly. That's just it. There's so many people that are just like, "Oh my god!" And the issue is, is that some of them are people whose judgment I don't really trust. I have that. I have that issue also <laughs> with it. Like so the people I'm... whose taste that I align really well with, none of them are saying like, "Oh, this show is fantastic. You should watch it." Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll check it out eventually. I'm sure, but it. It's it one of those really... ones, yeah, that has just been hyped so much that I feel like I'll have to at least give it a shot. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It just really does not feel like my kind of show. And as for the crown, like that's just like the most Oscar baity or like Emmy baity oh, yeah. kind of show, like of all time. Yeah. So like that's clearly gonna like mop up, and they're spending like a small fortune casting and like makeup and whatevering everybody in that show. Like, did mm. you see Jillian Anderson as Margaret yeah, Thatcher or whatever? Thatcher, like, yeah. Holy shit! Like the makeup job's fucking crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, great. It's not to my taste either, uh, obviously, since we do this podcast and I would rather watch fucking WandaVision again. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like Whatever. there was there were nominations in there from Lovecraft Country and shit like that. And it's just it's so unfortunate that I mean, I I guess it's, you know, the members of the whatever this is, the TV Academy kind of thing that yeah. are voting on these and they just, you know, don't have any fucking respect for those genre shows and think that they're all just special effects and shit, but like, no, it's scripts and acting that fucking sell all that over the top, like production, y kind of stuff. So fucking recognize that and appreciate that. Yeah. <sighs> we'll just have to, we're just waiting for the baby boomers to die out. I think is where yeah. the world is at at this point. Sorry. If you're, you are uh, one of those and listening to us, 
Talk, going back to the stuff that we normally talk about, uh, Star Wars Visions, the anime series dropped on Disney+. Plus. I've not watched it yet, but the reviews for it are pretty good. Uh, so it's like a anthology kind of series where they got a bunch of like famous anime creators, and anime houses to do like, I think shorts of uh, star Wars. Like, they're definitely not feature length. I just, I'm not sure the total, like if they're like 20 minute or like 10 minute kind of bits or what. Yeah. I haven't seen anything about it. I just started seeing like people posting chunks of the animation to Twitter today. And I was like, Oh, that looks fucking cool. I'll have to look at that, I guess eventually, but mm. not like yeah, I'm going to run out and, see it is star wars so i'm gonna be like i'll wait till somebody tells me to watch it i guess basically because yeah it's the sort of thing i definitely would have ended up watching if i was not on vacation kind of when it dropped so i will end up uh watching it uh no i was like watching especially those like those japanese animation houses always do like the best work so it's always Mm -hmm. nice to look at at the very least yeah since that's what basically what we did last week was do animation porn so not like porn (laughs) you know what i mean but like Yes, because there is some of that also, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, there's some of that. Just a little bit of that. I was literally just watching. I like before we started (laughs) recording. I watched uh, the most recent episode of Archer that has a big chunk of it where it's him and Krieger kind of partnered up together for Mm -hmm. like a couple minutes of the episode, and (laughs) he's sitting there with like one of those fucking anti like mangas that he's got, (laughs) and it's got a fold out, and the fold out is the tentacle, and I was just like, Uh oh. Just so fucking tentacle poor, and that brings oh, yeah. back memories of early, go. early dance robot dance, early dance. episodes. Yeah, yeah, that, that Nana can't listen to. Yeah, so I mean, it was probably brought up originally because of Krieger and those weird fucking like. Oh yeah, it absolutely was because remember he had the one scene where he's like in in a bathroom stall or something like that, like jerking off to hentai or something in like one of the first couple of seasons. I remember that the one my favorite one I think is like it's him and I want to say oh I can't remember the guy's name glasses god damn it oh he's 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 the cyril uh, right by, yeah cyril yeah cyril that's right by, by the dude that does jerry on rick and morty uh, rick and morty yeah exactly yeah. But it's like him and cyril getting stuck in a bathroom with like their clothes having been taken and off and there's like a pair of octopuses staring up at them or something like that and it's like a sight <laughs> gag that's yeah. the one always pops into my head <laughs> it just makes me fucking laugh like the fucking octopus are gonna get their revenge or whatever yeah yeah so whatever either way Let's see what else. Uh, Disney Plus has announced that. Well, they've they've started this sort of like their own kind of holiday, which is Disney Plus Day, which is I think the anniversary of when the service first went live, which is November twelfth, uh, two years ago. It's been two years already. Yeah, gods. All right. Yeah. So and that is the the day that Shang Chi and Jungle Cruise are b- both going to come to Disney Plus. Like you won't have to pay for it extra for it uh, at that point. Also, the Home Alone reboot is going on Disney Plus that day. There's some shorts from, uh, there's a Frozen short with the snowman Olaf. There's a Simpson short, a short with some of the characters from uh, Luca, the most recent Pixar movie, and some of the other, like, n- not new shorts, but some of the other, like, uh, popular shorts that have been released recently are finally going to it. And also a couple of, like, little tease specials. Like, there's going to be a tea like a, history of Boba Fett. That's going to be kind of like getting people hyped up for the book of Boba Fett uh, later this year. That's what November that one comes out or something like that. Yeah. November, December. I mean, it's pulling that Mandalorian slot this year. So it's going to be kind of the one that's going to be airing over the holiday season this year, rather than the Mandalorian. Oh, the star Wars one. Cause it sounds like we're going to have Hawkeye going through Christmas as well. Yeah. Yep, that as well. They're both going to be out around the same time. We're getting Star Wars and Marvel all at the same time. Oh, my God. 
What are we going to do? (laughs) Speaking of Shang-Chi, Simi Liu's got a little bit drug on the internets this past week for a past, for some like five or six year old Reddit posts and Reddit activity that has been credibly linked to an account that he has not really owned, but is seems to be probably his. And it's like he was making some like sort of sexist comments about like female athletes being inferior to male athletes and some like borderline Islamophobic stuff and not a great look. And also he was part of subreddit that's known for being like full of like Asian MRAs, misogynists and men's rights activists and shit. You're not going to get me to talk about anybody's Reddit history uh, in a negative light. <laughs> There's just not because first of all, I have to, I like cleared. I'm on my ninth Reddit account. I do one a year, basically, and kind of <laughs> just purge it. Yeah, just like delete and remove. It's all still. I mean, I don't post a lot, but like, yeah, uh, don't yeah. keep your Reddit fucking shit anonymous. Yeah, I guess seriously, this shit is on the internet and everybody can see it and it's find fucking it and it Reddit. will be fucking found. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. That fucking website is basically the heart and soul of the internet now. <laughs> like Totally fucking public. Like there's yeah. nothing on there that, you know, could everybody be can see considered it. to be private at all. <laughs> nope. Nope. So. Like just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully he's got his shit together and I don't know. He seems to have pe- you know pretty good now. He you know is this is like five or six years ago. The, all this stuff was drug up from. So yeah, see, I'm not like I'm also at the point where like if we're gonna do stuff that's like, I get, we got to figure out a moratorium period. There's got to be like a statute yeah. of limitations on this shit. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like shit posting on the internet. Like I get it. Like it's bad, but at the same time, like we can't be dredging up things from like 20 years ago and well, still be like, <laughs> unless they fucking murdered babies. I don't need to hear about everything that everybody ever did ever. Like I said, shitty shit in my twenties too. You know what I mean? I was a fucking prick in my twenties too. I can forgive some of this kind of shit. The men's rights stuff. Eh, it's a little weird, but like, what, what about uh Joe Bennett drawing anti-Semitic shit? Is that something that there should be a moratorium on? Cause he just got <laughs> See, fired from Marvel for that shit. See, that's like, that's different. Also, why are you drawing it in your, in the book? And how is there no editor catching this shit? Yeah. Well, that it's not, that's what really fucking gets me dry. Like gets me annoyed with the Marvel stuff is how is it even getting through the editorial process? There is no editorial process anymore, right? Like they're pumping out shit so fast that, you know, their schedules are so tight that I doubt like anybody really looks closely at these books anymore. Nobody even wants to work in the fucking industry. There's no, look at the last, when's the last time you saw somebody who works in the industry? I don't probably have to cut this out because it's going to be very inaccurate. That's legitimately (laughs) like a North American, like artistic talent that's new. That comes up. It's so rare now. They're all yeah, fucking all South American, South American or Asian or, or Asian. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Because they pay them nothing. They're not paying these people fucking anything anymore. That's why all the superstars have gone to Malar world and they've gone over to that other thing and they've gone. Yeah. Substack and all that shit. image. Holy yeah. shit. All the best talents of fucking image right now. Like everybody's either doing books from Malar world or image. Cause they don't want to work for the big two and the big two need to fucking get their shit together. Cause like, Nobody yeah. wants to work for them. Yeah. And then they hire these dudes. Well, Joe Bennett's not going to have to worry about fucking <laughs> do, doing any business with Marvel anymore. Because, yeah, this this one he actually, what sort of brought it to a head was a political comic that he did from a few years ago. That was like Jair Bolsonaro, who's like basically Brazilian Trump. 
yes. that was like chasing after some you know very anti-Semitic caricatures of his political opponents. And yeah, yeah. So I hope you didn't like Joe Bennett's art in Marvel. <laughs> well, I mean, what was he drawing? I don't even remember what he got. It fired. was that Hulk book with uh, Al. Oh, what's his name? Uh, with Al Ewing. Immortal Hulk. Oh, Immortal Hulk. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Which I'm not finished. Reading. So it's... I'm not reading uh, Hulk, so I don't really care. I mean, like, I just, you know, do fucking better, guys. Like, there's got to be more than, like, 15 seconds for you guys to look at this, the art before you, you know what I mean? Like, publish it. Like, yeah. it's got to be, and it's going through people. Like, it's not like it's just, it's going, it goes to editorial, like, at sketch stage, post pencil, post ink, post color. <laughs> like it should be going editorial every one of those stages, not just going to like between the art team. That's how I always understood the process that everything was supposed to go to editorial in between every step. I'm sure that's how it was one day, but now I think that those publication cycles are a lot tighter than they used to be. So who knows how much actual editorial oversight there is. Everybody fucking works from home. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and it's always been a work from home environment. Like they've always been freelance work for hired guys, right? Like that's, yeah, they used to fucking fax the, uh, yeah, you know, the was... drawings to the, pencils to each other and shit yeah now like like in the age of the internet this should be this should yeah. be a non-issue you know what i mean like it should oh, yeah, not absolutely. be this should not be happening at all because you, you can send i mean comic book pages like they're big you know but like they're not not send across the internet big kind of thing yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we can send 4k video to each other you can send a fucking scan of your like a 300 dpi scan of your pencil well, especially so many people are doing that art digitally now anyways they're so. probably doing it on their fucking ipad which means you just take a screen grab and send it to your editor halfway I don't through know, your page I mean, anyway Joe Bennett has been doing like art comic book art for like 25 years or something. That's true. I don't think he's doing digital art. I think he's probably old. Some guys have switched. I know Hitchy's been switching. So like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's works on a Cintiq some nights. So, okay. I mean, it takes all kinds. Speaking of Hitch, the, did you see this thing that Hitch uh, tweeted about potentially doing a mature Superman series with Mark Wade under black label? I'm all on board with Mark Wade fucking doing Superman stuff with Brian Hitch. Like, why would I yeah, not want to? Like, why would I? That sounds awesome. That almost sounds like he needed something to do because his his next Warren project got killed <laughs> when yeah. Warren. Because I bet you there was another a follow up to Batman's Grave that they had planned with Hitchy and Warren. And like, I like, like DC's been keeping Hitchy quite busy the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like so. I mean, yeah. Keep that boy. I mean, keep that pencil warm. He's fucking. Oh yeah, his, his, so. his art is always great. The stories is. I mean, his writing has always been fantastic. But the and yeah, he did some writing. His I wasn't a big fan of his uh, JLA run that he wrote. Yeah, uh, but the art was great. Yeah, he's uh he's the fucking five hundred pound gorilla these days. So I yeah. know, like, he's the best. But uh, that isn't something that DC or Mark Wade have confirmed yet. But he, but Hitch at least is tweeting about it, and so we'll see if we actually do get. Confirmation on that. Hitch likes to tweet after a couple glasses of wine some nights. Oh, yeah. and, uh, it's <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, he gets a little truthful sometimes. So that might have been one of those. Yeah, because he was talking about. Yeah, I remember seeing him tweet about that. And I was like, I would, I mean, I'd fucking read that. Yeah. I'd just look at it because he's fucking penciling it, right? Like, that's basically what I do with Batman's Grave. It's just like, I'm just going to flip through this now so I can see what he did because, yeah. God damn, that man can just fucking draw a comic book. But. <laughs> Yep. They must be paying him a small fortune to, to stay aboard and not hop over to Malar World or something at this point. Because like, I would hope so. You got to think him and Malar have been tight since like 
the authority, right? Like they've been working together yeah, for fucking right. ever. So, and then they did ultimates together. You think he'd be trying to get him in there already? He just got Stewart over there. Stewart's working from our world right now. Oh, nice. Like Eminem, uh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm picking up a book right now that's Eminem and Millar. So, or Miller. Nice. God damn it. I got to stop saying it. Millar. Like, he yeah. hates it. It looks he like he hates Millar, it. But... Yeah. You want to you <laughs> say Millar. But then, like, nobody knows who you're fucking talking about. You say Mark Miller, people are like, who? Or, or the Miller verse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you say Mark Millar, everybody's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Authority. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's like, I would just embrace it if I were him. It's like, fuck it. I got to change my name. I'm 50 years old or whatever. But, yeah. Everybody knows who I am by this name. Either way. Uh, next thing I had was a couple of reboots that are being worked on right now. One is something that we talked about, uh, that we did a, a review on back when, or like a mini review on back when we did like our little Disney plus archive dive, uh, the flight of the navigator, which is a movie I have a lot of nostalgia for is getting remade, rebooted by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. We talked about this last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We caught that this last week. have come out. Like just yeah, just. I think I was literally like looking at it when we were recording, but yeah, it, it, we just talked about. I'm excited for that though, because like Bryce Dallas Howard behind the camera has proven herself to be quite the force to reckon with. So like I'm on board. With yeah, her and I mean, stuff. and that's exactly like the kind of property that I know her dad for, kind of thing is those yeah. sorts of like adventure, you know, kitty adventure kind of movies, sort of thing. And so yeah. if she can grab some of Ron Howard's energy on that, then fucking sign me up. I think she's got. I think she'll be all right. Yeah. She's got the pedigree to do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. Did you guys also talk about the no? I think the Lost Boys. Uh, Lost Boys. Well? What happened like the next day? So like they okay. happened like a day apart. Lost Boys. My sister's really upset about this. <laughs> my sister's having her Ghostbusters moment now. You know what I mean? Oh, like she's yeah. having her. Like why are they doing this? Like they shouldn't even bother. And I'm like, oh yeah, I lived through the Ghostbusters reboot. <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna get to go through this one at some point. So there you yeah, go. So this one is a, a modern take on the Lost Boys, starring. Uh, Noah Jupe, who was in uh, The Quiet Place, and oh, okay. uh, and Jaden Martell, who was one of the younger versions of the characters in the Mike Flanagan It movies. Uh, so the recent version of the It movies. Cool. I mean, like, I love the original. It's it is a flamboyant it's classic fucking schlock. Like, yeah, <laughs> it is a flamboyantly like gay B movie, but like it is yeah. like the best of Schumacher, basically. That might be my favorite Joel Schumacher movie, actually. Like it's just like a fun romp versus like anything else he's done. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, it, it, it I mean, like, definitely has that shit. Joel Schumacher uh, flamboyantly gay vampire vibe for sure. I know I love that movie. It's like I'm all on board. So there you go. Yeah. Let's let's like if we're gonna remake everything at this point, why not remake Lost Boys? Like yeah, I mean, it's been 35 years or some shit like that, so... There have been a number of sequels, too, so, like... There were, they were not good. They were terrible, yeah. No, <laughs> trust me. Like I said, my sister's obsessed with that movie. I've seen all the sequels. They're abysmal, so... Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's Jonathan Entwistle that is directing that, and Jonathan Entwistle, uh, that series that I talked about a few weeks ago, The End of the Fucking World, he was the one that developed that series. And I like that series, and... I don't know. I don't know if how that vibe necessarily translates to Lost Boys, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see if that even gets made, right? Like these are all pretty early stages. Yeah. This is brand new like just before we started recording. We got a voice cast for the Super Mario Brothers animated feature film. Yeah, I saw that. Chris Pratt as Mario and Charlie Day from from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as Luigi. Also, 
Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Bowser is going to be voiced by Jack Black. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be Princess Peach. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Uh, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Uh, oh, and Seth Rogen's in here too. Who's Seth Rogen? Yeah, he's Bowser. You, you, you said it already. Oh, sorry. No, it said, no, no, it sorry. said Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black. Uh, Seth Rogen was Toad, was he not? No, Seth Rogen is uh, Keegan-Michael. Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, no, Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong. Sorry. Donkey Kong, that. okay. Yeah, yeah that, oh, sorry. I know you said that at one point. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> sure. <laughs> it can't be any worse than the I fucking... I can't see Chris Pratt as Mario. Movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fucking terrible. And this is animated, though, right? Like, they're doing a CGI. This is animated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't... I can't see... Like, I mean, should he not have at least a little bit of an Italian accent? Like, is he not going to be, like, Mario? I don't know. Like I'm Chris just, Pratt's not Italian. Chris Pratt being in everything. Can we be over that fucking trend? I mean, like, yes. Him being like fu- fucking closet conservative that just won't say that he's conservative and like belonging to a church that does fucking conversion therapy and shit. I mean, like, I I don't like Chris Pratt that much. So like, we can do whatever you want with Chris Pratt. Like, I don't even care about Guardians after the third movie's done. Like, we don't need. I don't. Any, I don't care about any of this at all. Yeah. Just so we're clear, I just why Chris Pratt? Like, why not? I don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't even doesn't make like for me either. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't make any the rest sense. Of it to sounds me. fine. Just that one is weird for me. I'd almost want Seth Rogen as Mario more. You know what I mean? Like, or Jack Black actually. Fuck, like you got yeah. Jack Black. <laughs> Get Jack Black to do it. He's fucking awesome. I love Jack Black. I don't know. Yeah. I think more Jack Black, less Chris Pratt, more Jack Black. Let's go back to 2001 when there was less Chris <laughs> Pratt and more Jack Black. Yeah. Give me more School know. of Rock or Jack Black. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's just more Tenacious D. Bring the D back, you know? <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Netflix had already had some deals with the Roll Doll company for certain like licensed properties. Now they've just bought the Roll Doll story company outright. So they already had a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory series in development that Taika Waititi was involved in, but now apparently they're working on adaptation of the Matilda musical and are going to start doing other things with Roald Dahl stories as well. Oh, sorry. I just, I fell asleep. I, I don't care at all about that. That's... Yeah. The, it, I, I know Alicia has read some <laughs> of the other like Roald Dahl stories, but like they just weren't really around me when I was growing up kind of thing. So about mm-hmm. the only one that I have any real nostalgia for is uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. See, and like the reason I have nostalgia for that in particular is because of Gene Wilder. Gene like Wilder. I literally yeah. don't give a shit about any of this stuff if it doesn't include Gene Wilder and it can't <laughs> technically anymore. So there's no goddamn point to any of this for me. So uh, right. Like if there's no Gene Wilder, like what are we doing here? I don't know. I, I didn't see the, uh, the Disney ones. The, was it Tim Burton or whoever? Who did those? Uh, no, that wasn't. I don't think that was Disney. Yeah, I don't the think Johnny it was Death Disney ones? that did the, the. Well, that was just the one movie, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the remake. Um, I don't. Didn't they make more than one of those? I thought they made. No, two. They, that was that was Alice in Wonderland. They made a couple of those Alice movies where Johnny Depp played the Mad Hatter, which was basically just him playing Willy Wonka, but a little more crazy. Oh, man. See, I don't watch this shit, so I have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. No, that's cool. Willy Wonka. Eh? All right. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the 2005 one was not Disney. It was the fuck. Disney. It's Tim Burton, though, right? Like I'm not. Yeah, fucking it was Tim Burton drugs. directing Johnny Depp. Yeah, you're right. It was. It was okay. It was Warner Brothers that did oh. the, the 2005 movie. I could have swore that was a Disney flick at that point, but okay, cool. No, I said I, mean, I think I think you're crossing your streams because around probably. that same time was that Alice in Wonderland movie. So that I was saw like it. maybe a couple couple years after that was that Alice in Wonderland movie, which was Tim Burton again, or that that was 2010, which was Tim Burton again directing Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp with Danny Elfman doing the music, <laughs> and then there was a sequel to that. There was three okay, movies. there was okay, there's two of those. Okay, yeah, that had Anne Hathaway as one of the queens, right? Yes, in the second one. That's why I watched those, because she was in it. Okay, that makes way more fucking sense to me now than any of this nonsense. (laughs) I never saw this thing, so fine, cool. We can move on. Sorry, I was real confused. Uh, The next thing that I had was... I don't like Johnny Depp. (laughs) I'm just done. (laughs) Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, has come out as bi after, like, at, like, the age of... 19 years with a woman? Does that mean yeah, she's been probably, le- like, a lesbian at this point? Like, we don't just call her gay. Well, I mean, also, I know... She's also very much historically had male partners... That's true, uh, in, the, true. ...in the past as well, so... But, yeah, she... So, full fucking props to this woman that has been dating Elvira or whatever for 19 years and didn't tell anybody about it. Yeah, holy shit. Like, that's, like, the <laughs> ultimate flex, like, of all time, right? Like, <laughs> I'm dating Elvira, didn't say anything... Holy yeah. shit! I wouldn't have had. I wouldn't have been able to keep my mouth shut that long. I don't think. However, it's the yeah. best. So that's, I think that's especially cool for the horror community because there is still a good amount of sort of toxic masculinity and misogyny and homophobia in uh, certain parts of the horror fandom. So hopefully, having like one of their like f- big fucking icons come out as bi will be a wake up call to some of those assholes. I fucking love Elvira. So yeah, yeah, I'm on board. I mean, like. I don't know. That story just blew my mind. Cause like, yeah, exactly. Like who dates Elvira for 20 years and says nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd be yeah. bragging constantly. <laughs> Woman's a national treasure. Totally. She's a global <laughs> treasure. She's like Dolly Parton. You take care of people like that. Yeah, exactly. The, the horror, I mean, right down to the titties, the yeah, horror I mean, version yeah. of Dolly Parton. <laughs> sure. I'll take it. <laughs> we got our first look at the United States space force. I want, I want to call them costumes, but they're uniforms, and they look exactly like fucking Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, like right down to that like crossbody like flap kind of thing that Adama dramatically pulls off like three hundred times during the course of the series. I mean, like they already ripped one franchise off for the logo, so you may as well rip <laughs> off another true. franchise for you know because they're wearing the Arrowhead like just yeah. fucking plain as day. That's the fucking Starfleet Arrowhead, right? So you may yeah. as well. I don't know why they didn't just go whole hog and just make dress uniforms from like TNG or something like that. The implementation of this whole fucking brand, new branch of the military is just mind boggling. Like it just it's just seems like a fucking meme. The whole thing. I mean, America at this point is a meme. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, have you looked fucking, at the fucking idiocracy? Have you been watching the news, like the politics side of things the last like two or three weeks? It's like they're eating themselves basically at this point down there. We've, we survived our election, thankfully up here, but like, it looks like our neighbors to the South are just like imploding on a, but like at a macros kind of scale, like we're getting to watch it in the slowest possible motion, like happen week to week. Like it's the most boring fucking apocalypse of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. If only they didn't have so many nuclear weapons. 
I mean, and so many stupid people. Like, let's face facts. It's the combination of the nuclear weapons and the stupid people that's the real concern we should be having right now. Yeah. But either way. Uh, I had two more things that probably don't concern Mark in any way, shape, or form. But one, something that exists at the intersection of two things that I enjoy very much. The Muppets Haunted Mansion movie got its first trailer just today. And I watched it. And it looks like a lot of fun. And it has a lot of references to the actual ride unlike the Eddie Murphy movie from the nineties or two thousands or whatever. Uh, And so two thousands. Yeah. So I am, I'm pretty excited for that. It looks like it's going to be just fandom kind of fan servicey pap, which is exactly what I want out of it. It's Muppets. So like, that's what it should be really is just fan servicey pap at this point. I mean, that's what all the movies are. I love those movies, but they are just fan servicey pap. Yeah. And it's got a pretty big cast. Like the human cast includes, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, uh, Will Arnett is like the the lead human character. Traji P. Henderson is in it. And there's also a bunch of cameos like Alfonso Ribeiro, Carlton from yeah. from Fresh Prince, uh, Ed Asner in a post from Beyond the Grave performance, Danny Trejo, John Stamos. So I don't know. Craig Robinson, who I like too. So I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, Craig Robinson's fucking hilarious. So that's good. And then the very last thing that I had, I know I've talked about Lord of the Rings online on the podcast before. Uh, Just this is just a little let you know if you've ever been interested in playing it. There is they have a new expansion pack that's going to be dropping later this year and sort of to entice people to the game. They're basically they've got like a code right now that gets you all of the current quest packs for free. So if you might be interested in that, if you know if you've ever been interested in playing that game, the coupon code is Lotro Quests 2021. So L-O-T-R-O-Q-U-E-S-T-S 2021, and it's good through November 30th. Are you and Alicia like trying to recruit new guild members or something? Always. Okay. We don't honestly play that much anymore. It's something I would like to play more, but I've got a bunch of fucking PS5 games calling my name right now, so I gotta get through Spider-Man. Holy shit, you haven't finished Spider-Man yet? I'm into like... I'm getting getting close. I I had like... I've had a couple of those like dual boss fights now. Mm -hmm. I I did like the Scorpion and Rhino fight not long ago. Okay. So I think I'm getting there. At least like... And then there's also the expansion stuff. When you started those games, I started them again, like we played them. And now it's been like two months or three months since I played them and I'm having trouble remembering parts of the game again. (laughs) Because I've played like five other things since then. Yeah. So, yeah. That's everything I had. Did I miss anything, Mark? Uh, not that I'm aware of. So, we can move along. All right. Then we can move on to our Geek of the Week, which is the segment of the podcast where we talk about the nerdiest things we did in the last week or so. Mark, what is your Geek of the Week? Well, I've been like adding slowly but surely to my Steam library the last little while. But I, I, there was a fun release a couple weeks ago that I didn't talk about, and I've been actually spending some time with it now. Like on Star Trek Day, whenever that was, like two or three weeks ago, Good Old Games got a batch of the old Activision games. I'm not sure if we talked about this or not, but like they re-released Bridge Commander and Elite Forces One and Two and Starfleet mm-hmm. Command and a couple of the more like uh, FMV ones. I didn't grab those ones, but I went back and grabbed. The two Elite Force games, Bridge Commander and Starfleet Command, which is like a real-time strategy kind of game. Mm-hmm. And like get first of all, the challenge of getting those games, even though they were re-released by good old games, like getting the challenge of getting those games to run in anything 
resembling a playable resolution on a 4K screen <laughs> was, let's just say, problematic. So like similar to the Indiana Jones game that we played. Honestly, at least that one, like that one, feels like it. Like it's it's got that Lucas, like the scum VM, like that. That feels like a the fan art and everything. Well, but that just it also feels like the the kind of thing that like the fan base has continued to keep alive actively online. Also, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's not just like. Oh, we just grabbed the ISOs of these games and dumped them on the internet, Not kind of thing. The way, to them. <laughs> yeah, because like these things don't even run in like native HD resolutions, kind of thing. Like getting it to go up to like nineteen twenty by ten eighty was basically impossible without installing a hack for Bridge Commander specifically, which is the one that I wanted to spend the most time with. That's the game that I like the best because it's all about <laughs> controlling the ship from the bridge, kind of thing. So I'm like, I'm on board with this game, but like it wants to run at like twelve hundred by sixteen hundred or something like that. And I'm like, motherfucker, my monitor is like 31 fucking 80 by 2160p yeah. now. Like, I need more pixels than that to do stuff here. <laughs> like, I have all bigger. I have a lot of screen real estate that I need to fill up with this fucking image. And I've got the graphics card that should be able to do it. But man, I even just like adding, because you can do like simulation, like ship combat and stuff like that. So you can ostensibly like set yourself up a board cube to fight and like, just set up a fleet nice. to take it just, on. Just go at it. Right? So, like, and then you get to fly, like, I get to fly around in my Sovereign class ship and, like, be the hero that destroys the board cube and all that good stuff. But, like, th- the stock game, without having done any hacks to it, after I added 10 ships, just crashed. Like, it just wouldn't run. Like, it couldn't <laughs> do it. So I had to disinstall a whole bunch of horse shit to it. But, I don't know, man, it was weird going back and reliving those like, early 2000 PC games. Like Star Trek PC games specifically, because they're just obtuse in a lot of ways. And like yeah. they don't run well on modern hardware. Like they need to be updated like <laughs> from the ground up almost. And it just doesn't feel like it's worth it in a lot of ways. Like yeah. I mean you can really see like the seams now. Like you can really see how like jankily they were put together in yeah. like twenty twenty one compared to what you get now kind of thing. It'd be so. so nice if there was more of a movement to rather than necessarily like making new sort of cheap, you know, quick games to to sort of remake some of those like games that you know the ones that do have like a pretty big following and a lot of nostalgia for them in a in a better more modern kind of way even if it's not like full graphics or whatever but just yeah. like updating them so that they're more playable i would like especially like something like bridge commander which is a very niche kind of title in, mm-hmm. in like especially because it's star trek and then it's like even more niche inside of star trek kind of thing a game like that like i would love to see that get like rebuilt just so that it ran natively properly. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like yeah. shitting the bed because I tried to put like, it didn't understand. It's literally almost like the program is like your processor's too good. I'm going to break because I, <laughs> yeah. you know what I, I mean? can't run. I can't run on a processor. that's this fast. It's too new and fast. On a processor that can do like one flop per second kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> is it just like that? My machine is, Cause I'm like, it can't be that my machine sucks. Like it's a 9,900 K with 64 gigs of Ram and a 3090 <laughs> slotted into it. It's almost the best computer probably in the city that I'm in right now. And I'm like, this can't run bridge commander with four bots. Like what? All right. There's obviously something wrong with the code of this game and not exactly. the $5,000 computer that I have it running on. Right. It's just, so. they don't know what to do with new processors. I'm sure. Right. So like, that's, that's where you need like an interface, like something like, like a virtual machine, right? Yeah. Like scum VM or something like that for them to run in that has something that tells, you know, in this old fucking game, you know, 
translates how how that needs to run on a newer processor you do have things like uh, compatibility mode in windows that do run so like i have it running in like windows xp uh sp2 mm-hmm. for like mode kind of thing yeah, but even yeah. then it's still like it's still hitting a, a core i9-9900k when it was built around a pentium 3 so like there's instruction set differences <laughs> i'm assuming at that point right like there's yeah. just and it's also like most of the time these this thing would have like a gig of ram to run in there's 64 gigs on this machine and it's yeah. designed around mechanical hard drives, not Gen 4 SSDs and shit, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just fun to, it, but it's nice to have the games back and playable again because you used to have to like it's download, pirate, and like hack and just, oh man, it was a mess. So the two Elite Forces games seem to work a lot better. Like they seem to run more like readily. But yeah, Bridge Commander and Starfleet Command were a shit show to get running properly. <laughs> so by the time I hacked Bridge Commander and got it all like patched up and install the whole whack of mods then it now i'm having a little bit more fun with it but it still doesn't like if i get a, like 50 ships in a fleet it's not happy with me i don't like it would be nice if i could run this game where i could like have a fleet like a deep space nine size fleet going after like a board cube like swarming a cube yeah. and then not run at four frames a second or whatever <laughs> i'm like my hardware should be better than this at this point right no all right yep. either way old star trek games there you go <laughs> uh well I mean, my gig of the week is basically our meat of the episode. Yeah, so we can just move on. Absolutely. Uh, So, yeah. So I'm just going to go on to our meat of the episode. Gory theme park meat. Because, as I mentioned, uh, I did go to, or Alicia and I went to Orlando, mostly for Halloween Horror Nights 30. You know what we should have done? We should have had Alicia on this episode so that you guys could talk about your trip, as opposed to me <laughs> sitting here listening to you talk about it. But, you know. We could have done. Could live done. and learn. Hindsight. Yeah. Live and learn. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure Mark will still have questions about shit that happened and, like, <laughs> Oh, I need to pay attention. Ah, oh, horseshit. All right. <laughs> and and you know the the COVID precautions and shit like that. I am curious like, as to how sick you are right now. <laughs> Not at all. So that's the one thing. So I mean, Alicia, yeah, Alicia and I did our first like post vaccination vacation, and where else were we going to go but Orlando? So we mostly went for Halloween Horror Nights uh, thirty. It was the thirtieth time that they've done the event. Thirty was supposed to be last year, but they canceled it because of COVID. And we went because our friend Rebecca was going. Our listeners will remember Rebecca. She was on episode 199, where we talked to her about her involvement in the OneRing.net, the Tolkien fan site. Right. So I basically, I saw her post on Facebook and said, like, hey, I'm going to go to this and looking forward to it. And then, like, we've talked to her a bunch of times about Halloween Horror Nights. And so I messaged her and said, like, hey, you know, would you be interested in having some company on that trip? And she said, absolutely. So that's kind of how it all happened. And yes, it was still weird because it is like, you know, COVID is still going down there, but there were a lot of reasons that we like felt pretty confident and generally safe traveling now. And it was like, yes, we're both fully vaccinated. And so is Rebecca. And we're all like pretty safe and risk averse overall. Masks and vaccination were required on all the flights in and out of Canada. So that helped to know that everybody that was in the tube full of recirculated air was also vaccinated and had to wear a mask the whole time. That Yeah, that's where you kind of got me right now is the, uh, <laughs> the flights. But it was also it's also just one of the slowest times of the year in the parks because it's like just after all the kids have gone back to school. 
So yeah, the parks weren't very busy at all. We didn't end up like spending a whole lot of time in lines, like in close quarters with people that we didn't know that weren't you know traveling with this kind of thing. Disney is requiring masks in all indoor spaces right now. So that includes like any parts of the line that's indoors. And they also had like some barriers in some of the indoor queues. So like if there was like a switchback where you would be like walking right past people, a lot of the time they would have like little clear barriers in between. So you weren't like breathing right in each other's faces, which was nice. And like people were for the most part, like given maybe not six feet, but like more space than they usually would in the lines between parties, which was nice to see too. And Disney is also requiring all their cast members to be vaccinated. So that was also nice. So you did notice a difference between like how close everybody was kind of standing and like, yeah, definitely like more and after kind of thing. Everything was pretty different between Disney and, and universal. Okay. So in universal, their requirements were a lot more lax. So like <laughs> they, they were, they were requiring all of their team members to be like all the, all the employees to be masked, just quote unquote, recommending masks for guests in indoor spaces but like only about half of the people were actually wearing masks indoors. So like you would definitely end up like going through haunted houses with like people behind you. Although there was still some space in between groups, but you know, you'd have people like in lines behind you that were like breathing right on you without a mask and shit like that. And that wasn't a whole lot of fun. I mean, we were wearing masks, which does give some protection to the wearer, but ultimately the best protection is for the other people around you to be wearing masks so they're not spreading their fucking germs yeah that was not ideal but i will say we got covid tested we had to get covid tested on the way down and on the way back and our covid tests on the way back were were negative so we don't have covid and i mean we've haven't really seen anybody this week and aren't neither of us have any symptoms or anything like that so and also case numbers in florida were on their way down because COVID has this weird cycle thing where it seems to like the waves tend to go in like a couple of months and the current wave started in like early July in Florida. And so it's like on the downswing now. So I kind of figured that like, I think the Delta variant, just because it's like so infectious has like just made its way through most of the unvaccinated people in Florida at this point. Well, I'm Um, sure there's a couple more it needs to hit. So, I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> needs to yeah could yeah yeah we'll see and it was really like central florida wasn't that bad the the numbers were much worse in like south florida like the miami like fort lauderdale area you know mm-hmm. death's doorstep where all like the fucking old people are yes that and probably tampa too a lot of old people out there so like i'm not gonna say it felt like a normal trip but most of the time we felt pretty safe overall so so yeah we did alicia and i went there for like a whole week, like we got there on a Saturday and then we stayed until the following Sunday and Rebecca didn't end up joining us until a few days in. So it started out just Alicia and I, and we went to Epcot where they had like their food and wine festival going on. There's also a shit ton of construction there right now. So a lot of stuff not going on or not open. That's where the guardians of the galaxy roller coaster is going in. Okay. Is in Epcot where the universe of energy pavilion used to be. can't remember what it's, it's not Mission Breakout. That's the ride that's at Disneyland, California. That's Guardians of Galaxy themed. But anyways, yeah, that, that coaster's not open yet. And there's a bunch of other shit up in like the front future world area of the park that was closed down and stuff. So really, it was just like walking around World Showcase and drinking and eating and <laughs> that kind of thing. And like, again, like the, the lines were really slow, partially because of, of 
the fact that Disney has done away with their whole fast pass system, like since COVID started and since the parks reopened, that's totally like their whole, like you can skip the line kind of thing has gone away. And right now they're in the process of implementing the replacement to that, which you actually have to pay for, but it's not implemented yet. So the only is basically you had to stand in a line if you wanted to ride. Fair enough. But that okay. meant that there wasn't people that were skipping the lines beside you. So the, the standby lines were a lot shorter than they usually are. Okay. So, but yeah, Epcot was nothing like out of the ordinary, nothing really new or anything like that. They do have a Ratatouille ride that we rode when we went to Disneyland Paris a couple years ago, which is in previews now, but it's not open for park guests yet. So like general park guests yet. So we didn't get to do that. The next day was the Magic Kingdom again, like nothing really out of the ordinary. It was just like short lines, like all the other parks. There's nothing really new there since our last visit. Where I want to spend some time talking about is our third day, which was Hollywood Studios, which has their new Star Wars ride, Rise of the Resistance. So that one, we were able to get a boarding pass for, which is you have to like get on an app at like 7 a.m. and like reserve your spot on the ride. And like there's thousands of other people that are doing it at the exact same time. And they're doing it like to avoid really long waits in the parks, although they just did away with that. So now it's back to being like a normal standby ride for that but the ride itself so i I did get do that i got up at like seven in the morning got my fucking boarding pass or whatever and our time came around like the app tells you okay it's your turn to ride now so go back to that area of the park uh, which our time came around like one or something like that uh and that ride is a whole fucking experience it's about 15 minutes or so from start to finish so Unlike the Smuggler's Run, which is where you pilot the Millennium Falcon and like it's kind of like a video game, like simulator sort of thing, like you're in the cockpit and like flying around and shit. This is you're pretty much like walking or riding through a whole like space battle kind of thing. So you start out on like a resistance transport that's being piloted by one of the Mon Calamari species, the fucking squid guys like Mm -hmm. Admiral Akbar. And it gets, so you, you walk into that, you're just standing in it. It's sort of a pre-show, but it actually does like move around a bit and stuff. And there is like an animatronic and, oh, it's, uh, no, it's not piloted by the Mon Calamari. It's uh, piloted by Nyanub or Nub. I can never remember how to spell that dude's name. The guy that pilots the Falcon with Lando Calrissian. And, oh, the first in, racist in, in, Asian in caricature in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah that yes. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking yes. about. That character. He's he's the. Pilot. He's probably not the first either. That's probably the seventeenth. But like, we'll go with first. No, I think that's probably. I, I could be the first, anyways. And then that resistance transport is trying to like transport you somewhere safe, but you end up getting captured by first order star destroyer like uh, they get their tractor beam on you kind of thing and then they pull you into the ship and then you leave that cruiser or whatever that transport and then you're in the star destroyer so you walk out into the star destroyer and into like a huge hangar bay that's got like the tie destroyers and like a whole fucking platoon of first order troops okay in front of you like and it's really imposing they, i mean they're all animatronic but some like some of them do like move and you know have some gestures and stuff that they do but just being in front of that like i don't know there's got to be like 50 of the fucking things standing in front of you all with their weapons all in formation and everything and then the first order officers like 
wearing like the the grays kind of thing they yeah. start like ordering you around so it's it's got to be one of the f- most fun like cast member jobs to have in the park because you get to be like an asshole to the guests and be like come on get moving kind of thing like you're our prisoners and everything fair enough <laughs> and so they start ordering you around and telling you where to go and they put you in a detention cell actually they, they sort of give you a little like interrogation first like when you're standing out in the hallway and then they send you into a detention cell and then from the detention cell you start you get like rescued by finn and the resistance who like cut through one of the walls of your detention center so like one of the walls like breaks away and you can see like the whatever it is like well they or cutter or whatever it is that they're using like through the wall like melting the metal and everything which is a really cool effect and they take you out into these trackless ride vehicles that are being piloted by a droid and then that's the rest of the ride pretty much the rest of the ride is you basically trying to escape the star destroyer while there's a big like intergalactic battle happening between the star destroyer and like a big resistance fleet this okay and i'll finish the story <laughs> and yeah, so like you're going around the ship uh, trying to find the way out, trying to basically find the way to like the escape pods on the ship, but you end up like encountering Kylo Ren a couple of times. He ends up like on top of your vehicle one point and stabs his lightsaber down into it and like does like the I'm trying to, you know, cut through the wall, the metal kind of thing, which is like a really cool mix of a practical effect and a projection effect. Okay. And there's also, I can't remember the character's name, but the, uh, the first order, like bumbling officer, like lead officer guy that's played by one of the fucking Weasleys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Well, dude, it's from the sequel trilogy. We all know how I feel about those movies. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he's he also features in the ride as well, and uh, yeah, and then sort of at the end, you there, there is a oh, there's a, a part where you go through a room that has like full size eight at ats, like the the sequel trilogy version of the uh, at at walkers, and then you actually go up an elevator beside them and then see a couple of first order officers in the cockpit and the ad at starts shooting at you. That's cool. Yeah. So, and it's like, these things are fucking full size. Like they gotta be like 40, 50 feet tall kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. So you keep going through the ship, you're going through past like some of their huge, like ion cannons and you can see out the window into the battle and see what's happening in the battle at the same time. And like what the cannons are firing at and shit like that. And then ultimately you find the escape pods and when you get, you feel them drop away from the ship. Like there's sort of a, an elevator kind of drop sort of thing where you feel them drop away from the ship and then they pilot down into back to the, the place where you started kind of thing to escape from everything. Okay. So it just sounds like they've made the introductory level of a video game into live action. Yeah, I can see that to an extent. There is definitely there's a lot of storytelling that goes on. It does, yeah, yeah it does. Like it feels like a tutorial level to a video game that you would like walk through, and yeah. like you know what I mean. That's cool, but like it's live action. So like when they make it a holodeck adventure, then you can sign <laughs> me up. Yeah. So I yeah, it was a really cool mixture of uh, the whole thing was a really cool mixture of like practical live, you know, big imposing. Set figures and, and yeah and set pieces and stuff like that and also some really cool like production based effects and lighting effects and stuff like that as well and it was just that was really interesting to say, see the way that they were mer- able to merge those together to be just really really effective and very immersive so 
highly recommend it. You know, if you've looked up videos of that ride on YouTube, the videos don't do it justice because you know you're only seeing kind of what the camera can see in front of you and not sort of getting the full feeling of being immersed in that environment and everything. So that was, I think I prefer that ride to Smuggler's Run. I like Smuggler's Run a lot too. But did you do that one again this time while you were there? Yeah, yeah, we did that as well. And Alicia and I got to be the pilots for that. And I got to be the pilot again that, that gets to pull the hyperspace lever. Which nice. is a lot okay. of fun. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Well, it, it just, it does, it feels like it sounds like a tutorial to like a modern warfare or something like that. Like, or like whatever Star Wars game you're playing, like Fallen Order or what have you. Yeah, um, I can see that sort of the introductory you know, quest that familiarizes yeah. you with the world and the ca- the main characters yeah. and that kind of thing. And yeah, and like oh, here's the action. Well, you you still have all your cool Jedi powers before we take them away to you, right, away from you, Metroidvania style, and make you rehunt them down, kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, that kind of shit. So you can like, or just you're you're sort of being taken through it rather yeah. than you doing it yeah. yourself, kind of thing. So that yeah. you know you don't have the stakes at that point in the game, like. You feel like, oh, I'm definitely going to end up back in this environment later, and that's like my big boss, and I'm going to fight at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's it's just it's interesting because it sounds very similar to like the way you would do it, like yeah, introduction to a video game. It's cool they're like gamifying that stuff too, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. uh, going back to that, like they're using the tropes from the video games to like to to inform live action interactivity. I guess it's kind of an interesting like Uroborosi kind of idea of yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where does this interaction begin and end, kind of thing in the real world, or matrixy horseshit, or whatever? So yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, definitely worth the wait. Like, I would have waited probably a couple hours for that ride if there hadn't been like this virtual boarding system. And I mean, I'll probably want to do it when we're down there in January for our vow renewal trip as well. So if anybody, whoever ends up coming to that with us, will end up probably going on it then. There you go. Then there was another new ride at that park, which I think also opened during COVID, which was called Mickey's Runaway Railway, which was, it's the first ride ever to feature Mickey Mouse. Like he's been in shows and stuff like that, but he's never had like a ride dedicated to him. And they, it was really cool. They, they bring you into a cartoon that's like, have you seen the, the new style Mickey Mouse cartoons that they've been yeah. doing the last few years? Yep. So they take you like into kind of one of those style cartoons and oh, everything's cool. kind of like mix of like, 2d like flat but like let layered kind of thing so yeah. yeah which is kind of the style of those cartoons uh it's another really interesting mix of projections and practical effects and also has trackless ride vehicles which gives both that ride and uh rise of the resistance it gives them you know just a lot of uh freedom of movement and you don't necessarily you know it's not like you can look at a track on the floor and be like oh that's obviously where i'm going yet even going next even though you know the ride might want to make me think i'm going this way that kind of thing yeah yeah well that's cool i don't have anything to ask (laughs) okay uh so that was hollywood studios we only did kind of part of a day there because that was the day that we were meeting up with rebecca because we were moving to a different hotel with her uh we met up with her at trader sam's which i know i've talked about on the podcast before which is the tiki bar at the polynesian resort where we hung out for a few hours and got pretty drunk and then we stayed at Cabana Bay. I'm trying to remember. Yes, the last time that I stayed at Cabana Bay, we were doing the podcast. It was that was like a year in or something like that. Uh, it was 2017 we stayed there. But it's this like 50s Atomic Age themed resort at Universal Studios. So just perfect for our sort of aesthetic, like our retro kind of aesthetic. Yeah, I'm trying to remember you talking about it, and I don't, but there's been a lot of these park episodes, so... <laughs> just merged all together at this point. Yeah, kind of like 
Yeah. But that one, like the theming, the theme is really good. And what I like about it is that the theming goes into the rooms as well. Like there's a lot of those hotels where the theming in the common areas or the exteriors is really good. But then when you get into the hotel room, it's just a fucking another boring hotel room. But -hmm. in this one, like the beds and the furniture and everything in the rooms actually feels like retro as well, which is cool. Right down to the theming of the toiletries, like the shampoo and conditioner are the like little bottles of VO5 hot oil. Oh really? Those fucking, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. zest with their old labeling and shit like that is the soap. And I like that attention to detail. I appreciate that. Right. that they awesome. actually went to that to those lengths to you know redesign or you know get those old packaging designs. And then the next day we did Volcano Bay, which is Universal's quote unquote third park, but it's it's a water park. Uh, but it's like a really highly themed water park and. Again, right up my alley because it's all tropical and tiki themed and like really good theming too, not like chintzy kind of tiki themed. Good like tiki exotic surf kind of music and stuff like that and really good rides and slides. I think I can't remember. It's been open for a while, almost 10 years now. There's a huge volcano in the middle of the park, which has trap door slides. So like you get into like a, a canister, like a tube and they close the door on you. And the door just fucking drops out from underneath you and you just go fucking like straight down. Huh. <laughs> I would hate that, but okay, cool. <laughs> I, I There was one of them that was fun. I, they have one that's just like a straight up like speed slide. Like one of the ones that just goes like straight down and then like you end up fucking bruised the next day from yeah. like coasting on the water at the bottom. I yeah. did that one. And then they also, they had three. One of them was down for repairs or something. But the other one that I did was more like, it's just a short drop and then it's more like speed around in circles kind of thing. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah. That twisty turny. That one was a, was more fun, but yeah, nobody else, Alicia did not do either of those. Nobody that I went with except me did those. Like I used to do that kind of shit, but it's too herky jerky for my back. Now I would yeah. probably end up fucking crippled by the time we hit the water. So like, yeah, not my, my fondest idea. Well, so yeah, I was thinking too, like this is the first time I'd done a water park in fuck. It was the first time Alicia and I'd ever been to a water park together. And I don't think I've been to one without her since we started going like i think the last time that i actually did a water park was probably back when i was working at disney world so that's like 15 years at this point i was trying to think the last time i was probably in one of those things is like i think that time we saw matthew good and sloan we were we didn't know we were there at the same time at wonderland (laughs) at wonderland that's probably one of the last times that was one of the last times i really went to an amusement park before i hurt Mm -hmm. myself right because that was 2001 2002 like right around then was when i fucked up my back and that was basically like it for amusement parks and like you know, fun. Yeah. Like I, I lost joy at that point, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I just haven't gone to an amusement park since. Cause there's like, I can't do the rides. Like they're just, they don't work for me. So yeah. also like fitting into them, like back then, like even like at six foot five is not like, they're not yeah. built for me. Even like if my back is not a fucking shambly mess of pebbles and cream cheese or whatever <laughs> is in there now. Like, yeah. Nothing good. Nothing stable. Yeah, like I, don't, yeah. I feel like, I mean, Universal is much more of a thrill ride kind of thing. So I don't yeah. think you'd have a great time at, at Universal, but like Disney, the most of the rides are a lot calmer. Kind well, of so thing. like the interactive stuff I'm more curious about, right? And then yeah. it's not even like I'm really interested in like going and doing the ride. I'm more just like, can I look at the tech? Like I want to go fucking see like, yeah, like what's, yeah. I mean, what's the projector exactly. they use to do like the, the lightsabers in real life? Like, <laughs> can I, can I fucking touch one? Like, can I see it? Like, I want, yeah. that's that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I have tech yeah. questions more than anything else. I guess it just means I've become like a boring old man. Is there a behind the scenes Disney tour you can do where they show you like the special effects stuff? Cause I'd rather see that. 
probably. There definitely are like behind the scenes tours. Some of them, I, I can't think of any of them that show you like kind of the tech behind the rides necessarily. A lot of them like just show you some of the backstage areas of the park and maybe go into more of the history of the parks and that oh, okay. kind of thing. I wouldn't mind that, but I would I would love to see like, no, like I want to see how the sausage gets made. You know what I mean? Like yeah, show yeah. me the special effects stuff. Like, yeah, make me pay a premium, but like that's the kind of premium that like a guy yeah. like me is totally willing to pay. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to show you, like, how we make the lightsaber effects in real life. Yeah. Nobody else gives a shit, but you do. So you can well, pay $1,500 for that park visit, you moron. Like, but the thing is, I'll there do are it. people that care about it, and they are the competitors, right? Like, so it's the sort of thing that, like, you know, I guess that makes after sense. five or ten years or something like that, once I guess that other makes people sense. have figured out how to do it, they might start doing that kind of thing. Do they even really have competitors in this space anymore? Like, who is spending this much fucking money to do this kind of interactive stuff? Uh, the outside of Disney, Universal is with like their Harry Potter shit. Like some of that oh. stuff is like highly immersive kind of thing. So yeah, that that's the other. That's a dead franchise. We've covered this on Twitter already. Like, why are they still doing that? Like, what the yeah, fuck's no. there? Yeah, that was the other fucking news. Is that that third fucking Grindelwald movie got a, a title <sighs> that nobody cares about, and everybody's right. like, "Really, we're still doing this? Fuck this fucking franchise!" That's I actually had to like unfollow Jenny Nicholson this week, who I love. Like, she's the best. Like, she's hilarious. But I'm just like, get over it. Like, just fucking move on. I'm sick of every time I open my feed, you're still talking about fucking Harry Potter. Like. Why? Why is anybody? Is there a whole generation of kids that are younger than us? I guess kids, you know what I mean? But like people who are younger than us who are so betrayed by this shit, they just can't let it go. Is that what's happened? Yeah. What's well, wow. not even, the problem with that is wow. like it's not even something where like other people are adapting her work. Like she's fucking writing those she's movies. Involved. Still. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like get over it. Like let's move the fuck on. Like yeah. man, the new fucking yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> shitty british x-men you know what i mean we're gonna do the episode one day and i'm just gonna yell that for fucking an hour yeah back to volcano bay yeah it was just a good water park they had like oh, a okay. aqua coaster which is like you sit in a car and like in a raft and not only do you go down but there are also parts where like either a combination either water jets or like a conveyor belt or both will like push you up a hill as well okay so cool. it's more than just like a slide kind of thing and they also had like you know big like team raft slides that had like big crazy half pipey kind of parts to them and shit like that which i'd never done before in tandem i like those those are fun like the watery yeah. kind of rides like i don't mind that kind of i mean they're herky jerky like that wouldn't be good for my back but those are the kinds of things that i would go for mm-hmm. um park like that kind of shit i love that kind of stuff yeah, roller coasters too is always like my favorite thing. Anything you can simulate feeling like I'm flying, I'm like I'm all on board for this kind of stuff. So like, yeah, let's get do that this. floaty kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. But like yeah, no, they just hurt my back too bad. Now I can't <laughs> do them anymore. It sucks. Volcano Bay had two different lazy rivers. One that was like a true like lazy river with like rafts yeah. and everything uh, that actually goes through the volcano at one point. That's cool. And. They also had one that was like a not so lazy river where there was like a faster current and like some rapids and stuff where you're not in tubes, but they give you like a life jacket to wear through the whole thing. So you're just getting like fucking jostled around kind of thing. It was that, was that really like fun. that would be fun, too. You know, like I yeah. like that kind of stuff, too. So whatever. Yeah. I don't know. One cool thing there is they have this like wearable device, like a watchy kind of thing called tapu tapu which they give you so that you you can tap to pay things with it, like link a credit card to it through like your 
universal app or whatever. And then you can also use it to get like return times for slides. So if like there's a slide that has like a long time or whatever, you just tap it and it will tell you like, it'll say like, oh, you can come back in 20 minutes and then your little thing will like vibrate when it's your time to go back and ride that with like, with no weight. That's cool. I, can, so, I mean, it's nice that they're tying the tech in like to yeah, that and kind of stuff. So. And it's waterproof so you can wear it on all the slides. You can wear it in the pools and shit like that. And you don't have to... One of the things I always hate about like going to a pool or something like that is like if I want to take my wallet or my phone, like I always have to fucking keep an eye on it because I don't know these fucking people. And so, so this in this case, I could just like put all that shit in a locker and like if I need to pay for anything, I got it on my fucking wrist, right? Yeah, so yeah, really yeah. I guess that, that makes sense too. So, so then we did do two different nights at Halloween Horror Nights. Like I said, that was like the main reason for the trip. And it worked out pretty well for a few reasons. One, we went during the week. We went on a Wednesday and Thursday night because like Friday and Saturdays are always stupid busy because that's when all the locals that you know, work like nine to five jobs go. Yeah. Uh, so they get busy. It, we went early in the season. It was only like the second or third week of the event or something like that. Second week? Yeah, it was only the no third week of the event. We got there early, like got to the event early because that's when the waits are the shortest. And... They have this thing, too, where if you, like, go to Universal Studios during the day, they have these little corrals that you can get into if you're staying for Halloween Horror Nights. And then you can, like, get first in line for the houses, the haunted houses when they open up. So, okay. you know, like, even, like, a little bit before the other people that are coming in just for the event. So you get into them about, like, a half an hour early. So you can kind of do one sort of technically before things start. And so with all of that together, we were able to do everything once and then go back and do like half of the houses again. And we didn't even like stay super late because like the things open till like one in the morning. So it was one of our more successful trips to Halloween Horror Nights. He said it was the 30th anniversary of the event. They canceled it last year due to COVID. So they went pretty fucking big this year. They brought back one of their most popular original characters to host the event, who is Jack, like a demented, psychotic clown. So, and Rebecca is scared of clowns. So that was fun. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they also, in addition to bringing back Jack, they brought back all of the other host characters from, from over the years. And they had a house that featured all of them too. So Halloween Horror Nights has like over the years spawned this weird, like fandom, like really obsessive fandom that obs- obsesses like over the, the event itself and sort of the lore and certain locations and characters that recur over some of the years through it, because like universal does like, you know, put some story behind them kind of thing. So like, I'm far from the biggest fan of all this stuff. Like, I don't know all the lore behind these characters, but I know kind of enough to understand what's going on and explain things and that kind of thing. So yeah, these like host characters are part of it. There's like one that's the director. That's like a creepy movie director that makes like demented fucking snuff films and shit like that. And one that's like, the storyteller who's like an old creepy grandma that tells scary stories and shit. Oh, there's also chance. Who's basically a fucked up murderous, even more murderous version of Harley Quinn. That's like Jack's girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm like now we're completely off the rails where I have no idea what you're talking about anymore. (laughs) I'm like Halloween horror. We'll get into this stuff pretty soon. That with that's some stuff that you'll have a frame of reference for, but they had 10 houses this year. 
uh, which is more than they've ever had before. I think they use, they maxed out usually at nine. Four of them were like IP houses, like intellectual property houses, where it was yeah. something that they licensed or already had the licensing to, and then six that were original ideas. I will say they did have like COVID precautions within the houses, like there was like plastic sheeting in the areas where the characters would like jump out at you, which meant that you always fucking knew where the characters were going to jump out at you, which was kind of lame. And they also had like fewer of the quote unquote characters. That's what they call the, the hunter haunted, you know, characters in the houses. And also sometimes you would get one that would like kind of follow you from room to room, especially if you were there with somebody that was clearly like really easily scarable. They would like have somebody like kind of creepily follow you around for a bit. That wasn't really happening either. And then all of the characters were were wearing like either a full face mask or like just, you know, like a lower half face mask too, which definitely took away from it. Like, I'm glad that they were doing it, but it didn't definitely took away from the impact kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So I won't, like it wasn't the best year that we've been, but it still did have some great houses and a couple of pretty good scare zones. So the, I'll start with the four, IP houses. The first one was Beetlejuice, which was our fucking favorite. And we went back and did twice. It's iconic as hell. There's like so much great scenery and, and scenes and stuff that you can recreate. But that's cool that they, like, they had a house. Cause I like that. I think you, when you first mentioned going to this, after I gave you shit for going to Florida in the middle of a pandemic, I think my <laughs> first thing was like, isn't this the thing with the Exorcist and Beetlejuice house? Right. They had both this year. Did they not? Exorcist was at Hollywood this year. Uh, oh, I saw the Exorcist okay. House when it was there was an Exorcist House a couple of years ago at the Orlando, but yeah, the Exorcist was not in the Orlando version this year. Oh, okay, I thought I thought it was again this year, like that. Yeah. That was one of the ones. But either way, Beetlejuice, like that fucking, especially if they even get close to like the look of that house. But as that movie continues on, that must be yeah. crazy. So yeah, it was yeah. it was so much fun. It, it was one of the ones that they had announced last year before they canceled the event, and so like people were really disappointed, and so like. Obviously, they were going to bring it back this year. They're not just going to fucking throw away all that work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think they did actually have all the sets and stuff set up. And they had kind of a scaled back version of the event last year where, like, you could at least walk through the house. But, like, this was, like, the full version of it, like, with all the all the characters in it and stuff, too. Uh, so they had really good characters playing Beetlejuice. Like, there was one, as you would go in, that was, like, the vocals weren't pre-recorded. It was definitely the actual character. Like you, you know, if you were wearing like a Beetlejuice t-shirt, which Rebecca was one of the times we went through, like he would point it out and like, you know, fucking like celebrate your, or make a joke about your or whatever kind of thing. Nice. Okay. And he was up above the door as you were going into the house to begin with. So that was, that was really cool. And they had like, Oh, they had a Lydia character that would come out with lightning behind her and say, I myself am strange and unusual. And she was just like, perfect like really living it up hamming it up like nice okay yeah uh, in i think in the the red dress like the wedding scene dress yes yeah, that makes sense yeah you yeah. go with that so if you're not going to do the cartoon like that that red like yeah the spider spider webs spider thing. thing yeah 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 i know it was, it was all movie it was nothing yeah. really to do with the with the oh, no, yeah, yeah that makes sense but you got you did get to see beetlejuice in a bunch of his different like really iconic costumes and stuff like that like the one where he has all the spikes coming out of him at one yeah. point, he comes out in that and the taxi driver at one point. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. So like a bunch of the different, like really fun outfits and just really good design of the environments. You go through the, the waiting room at one point 
seeing like all the like the the one character that's all burn up, the woman that's cut in half, and the, okay, yeah, there is like a pageant queen that likes yeah, the wrist. wrist. She, yeah. yeah, there's a live character of her that comes out and shows you your wrists and stuff, and the football players, all that stuff is in there. That's awesome. Uh, you go through the attic with the whole model. Oh, really? That's a little cool. table and everything. Yeah. So like that was one room where like, I wish I could just like sit in here for a minute and like, look at this book. Yeah. You know, they do kind of like push you through the houses cause they, you know, want to keep the flow going. But so we tried to get as much time as we could in there sort of thing. Nice fucking model. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then after that, they take you into the, you're shrunk down to the model size, like oh really? This grave. Oh, and, they like, do the whole right, bit. That's awesome. Yeah, right, right down to like the grass. That's like the the foam grass on the ground, kind of that's thing. Fucking fantastic, though. Okay. Yeah, with, with cool. like the smoke effects and the light coming out of the grave and the here lies Beetlejuice and all that kind of shit. You need Michael Keaton to show up at that point. <laughs> yeah, uh, it felt like it. Like the the actors that they got to do Beetlejuice were were really really good. There's even like a huge inflatable of one of the sandworms that comes over your head at one point and stuff. Oh, too. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then you do get to see the Gina Davis and the Alec Baldwin ghosts. Like there's one where I think it's in the attic scene where they come out, like just with the sheets on, like Ooh, yeah. kind of thing. But then you also see them one where they do like the stretchy face bits. Yeah. They have like characters like that with the huge, like full head masks that have all that stuff, which is cool. And then also the versions of them, when they get called in in the seance. Oh, I like they're old and like they're falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like shriveling up and stuff like that too. So yeah, yeah. that house was really, really good. It, you know, it did like, they did such a good job. Like I said, with the ghostbusters house a couple of years ago, like they, you really did feel like you were walking through the movie kind of thing. That's awesome. Cool. So, there was also a Texas chainsaw massacre house, which there's not much to say about except other, like it was just what I wanted like those grimy, like creepy environments from that movie and just leather faces everywhere, like around every corner, like coming at you with fucking like chainsaws and hammers and shit like that. And like, I haven't seen that movie in ages. Like we, like we did it in school. It holds up. Oh no. I like, I'm sure it does. Last time I think I saw a Texas chainsaw massacre was the one with the remake with Jessica Biel or whatever. Was Mm -hmm. it Jessica Biel? I don't know. I, I don't that one didn't leave much of an impression on me. No, the only thing that left an impression was Jessica Biel's jeans. So, like, I don't. That's about <laughs> all I remember about that movie. So, yeah, yeah, I have to watch the original again. It's been a long time. One of the other IP houses was Bride of Frankenstein. Well, it was like, what was it called? Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein lives, and it was it was interesting because it picked up where the classic movie left off. So the Bride of Frankenstein, like the bride actually only shows up in like the last five minutes or so of the movie. Mm -hmm. Most of it is just a fucking Frankenstein movie, like a monster movie kind of thing. Yeah. So she shows up for a few minutes. The monster dies when the castle explodes. That's like the end of the movie pretty much. Mm -hmm. But this house actually picks up like shortly after the movie ends. Like you go in, you see like a, it's actually a shot from the movie. They show you on a screen beside you of the castle exploding. And then you see the bride like trying to save Frankenstein, like lift a big beam off him, but he's already like fucking all torn up and shit like that. And the rest of the house is the bride being all distraught at the monster's death and trying to like resurrect him using all sorts of like arcane methods and shit like that. Okay. So like including using a bunch of like the brides of Dracula, like experimenting on them and to like try and drain their life force and like infuse it into the monster's body to bring him back and shit. Okay. So it was interesting. Like I, it was a cool concept not to just do like, Hey, we're just going to do this movie, but like actually 
extend the story of the movie a bit. Yeah, that's oh, that's cool. So, and they actually cast all black actresses as the bride, which I thought was a pretty cool choice as well. Yeah, that's different. Just, yeah, yeah. So that that one I I liked, and it was all a lot of it did feel like it was sort of all black and white kind of thing. There was some color stuff, but a lot of it felt like kind of desatted like the I mean, it's black and white movie. So and then the other IP house was probably the most disappointing of the event for us overall. It was a haunting of Hill House. Oh, OK. Yeah. Which we did cover on the podcast. Uh, or did you guys cover it? No, I feel like we talked about it. No, we did haunting of Hill House, didn't we? we that's didn't I mean, we? that would be going way back to like the Christie days, but I'm pretty sure. Well, it was because it was one that I didn't end up watching. Until, oh, no, uh, we did. The, we did the follow up um, oh, and you hadn't watched and you hadn't watched Hill House. That's right. Christy and I had watched Hill House and we never did an episode about it. I think yeah. at most, at best, what we did was kind of like talk about it. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She and I had a couple conversations about it when it was on because that first season was quite like I enjoyed that. The second yeah. season was like a little dodgy. The show was good. It just didn't really translate super well into like a haunted house. Oh no, I didn't because there's there's not as many like you know creepy visuals and like really iconic visuals to that as there is in like you know something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Beetlejuice or something like that, right? So. It was the first thing we did on the first night and it just kind of seemed off and it just wasn't really that scary. And it also felt really, really dark. So like we weren't really able to see a whole lot in the environments and it might've been that like, because it was the first house we did, it was still light out. And so like our eyes hadn't fully adjusted, but I don't know, maybe, or maybe like the characters hadn't like really fully hit their rhythm. Like I felt like we were going through some rooms where shit was supposed to be happening and it just wasn't yeah. so it was, yeah. Maybe there was hidden people you were supposed to notice in like a grate or something like that. Like the show, remember? It was like yeah, it was always yeah, the hidden ghost or something like that. Was that what that was that show, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, but like, you know, that's their job is to draw attention to that, right? Kind of thing. Like, is, you know, yeah, I didn't say it was done thing. well. Like, I yeah. just saying, like, maybe that's what they did was so. like, where they were too subtle about it. Yeah. Uh, so that was all the IP houses. There were a couple of houses that were sort of honoring the history of the event and some of the past houses and stuff like that. So there was, like I said, one house that had featured like all of the icons from over the years that was just called Icons Captured. And it was like kind of all the icons sort of in like a big battle royale to determine who's like the king of Halloween Horror Nights, like right down to there being like a big gory throne at the end of the house. So that was fun and like, you know, paying homage to... 30 years of history of the event. And then there was another one that was called case files unearthed, which was or legendary case files unearthed legendary truth. I don't know why the name's so long, but it was like a film noir, like horror kind of thing, like a private eye that was investigating weird paranormal events. And it was actually like some of the events that had been like the themes of houses in previous years. Like there were like flashback scenes where you'd go back to like the very first year of Halloween horror nights and some of the houses that were there and that kind of thing. Hmm. And you know, there was some cool like little homages in there too. There was one that we all really liked, which was uh, called wicked growth realm of the pumpkin. And it was like exactly what you'd think. It was like jack-o'-lanterns everywhere and like creepy pumpkin demon creatures and, you walk inside a giant pumpkin with all the like guts hanging down in your face and stuff like that. And a huge, like scary animatronic pumpkin demon at the end. And it was just another one where like the production design and shit was done really well on it. And it was, you know, kind of exactly what, what I wanted it to be. 
Cool. Else? I'm not going to go through all of them in great detail because a couple of them were kind of not super memorable. The other one that I did want to call out, though, is was called Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. It was kind of like a twisted fairy tale sort of idea. Uh, right down to the fact that like they made it feel like you were walking into a storybook. Okay. Which was neat. Uh, so like it was uh, the premise of it is like a kid says that they don't believe in the tooth fairy and this like demonic version of the tooth fairy like turns them into like a little ghoul or demon or something like that. And then you see like all these other kids that have also been turned into demons by the evil tooth fairy. And then there was also just a bunch of like body horror gore with like teeth and mouths. And that always like it has an impact on me because like I have fucking nightmares about like shit happening to my teeth and my mouth and shit like that. Yeah, the eyes thing. So that's fine. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. The other two houses, there was one that was called Puppet Theater Captive Audience, which is basically just exactly what it sounds like. It was creepy puppets and puppeteers and shit. And uh, there was one, the last one was a house that was based on a like fictional town called Cary, Ohio. That's been the location of where a bunch of the houses have been over the years. And it's just kind of like this generic, like small town USA kind of place with like white suburban horror, like kind of thing. So that one was pretty unremarkable. So that was all the houses. And then the scare zones, nothing like stood out a whole lot in terms of this. So the scare zones are like just areas that you walk through. Like that aren't like an enclosed house and have like, you know, people jumping out at you or whatever and that kind of thing. Okay. So it's just like a part of the park that they put like some set elements in and kind of retheme it a little bit. And you just walk. It's just like one of the walkways that they've rethemed and they, they have like some of the characters just walking around in it kind of thing. And they've done some in the past years, they've done some awesome ones. Like they've had ones where they make you feel like you're in the purge kind of oh. thing and there's people running around at you yeah. like with the mask on and like somebody like on a stage announcing like this is you know doing like big like bombastic speeches about like it's our right to purge every year and shit like that and oh i assume that's just what florida's like now so yeah it's that's that's probably why they didn't do it this year though it's like yeah it's just it's just reality now so yeah so like why would we bother that's mm-hmm. awesome anyway or like walking dead scare zones where there's just like zombies shambling around and lunging after you and shit like that or like or like escaped convicts, those sorts of things. I think part of it is there were fewer characters usual in those scare zones as well. And they were also like kind of keeping their distance. Like they usually like get right up in your face. Like they're not supposed to touch you, but they will like get real close to you or like sneak up behind you and like, you know, whisper in your ear or some shit like that. Or like they'll have, you know, chainsaws without the blades on them and come like charging at you with them and shit like that. And I think they were probably told not to do that kind of thing this year. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. There must just be like full on assaults happening in those places. Like for people reacting like fight or flight. I know there's security like everywhere. Yeah. I think I've told the story. I won't be punching a kid in the one of those like scare places (laughs) in the falls. Don't touch me. I don't know. I didn't want to be in there. And next thing you know, there's somebody like grabbing at me and I reacted poorly. Anyway, just reflex. Yeah. I think uh, I think I also told the story on the podcast before about one of the times. I can't remember. This was like over 10 years ago at some point, but it was one of the times I went with my sister and uh, there was somebody like hidden sort of in the foliage and jumped out at her. And she literally threw like a giant theme park, like soda at the dude. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately like a security guy, like showed up out of nowhere and like started scolding her and shit and made sure that, that the actor was okay and everything. Yeah. They turned the lights on when I did my thing, but that's okay. Let's, we can move on. We've told that story before. (laughs) 
But yeah, there was one that was like a kind of a haunted forest with creepy, creepy, like tree creatures and like demonic squirrels. It was kind of cool. And then there was another that had, again, it was kind demonic of like squirrels. That's good. I like it was, that. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting choice. And there was uh, another one that, again, was just kind of like homages to previous years and had some like little vignettes and some of the characters from some of the most popular houses that have happened throughout the history of the event. So it was kind of cool. Like I, I definitely recognize some of those and some of them were pretty fun. And then the other sort of the entertainment kind of things, they had like a big nighttime spectacular show with like fountains and water screens and metal music and like lasers and projections and stuff like that, which is pretty good. But the other one that w- that I really liked was a big stage show called nightmare fuel. That was like, it, it was sort of the loose story behind it was this guy like goes to sleep and starts having nightmares about all these, like, I won't say they were creepy. Like they were all these like people dressed in leather and shit like that. Like basically bondage. It felt very much like this guy was like uh, a little bit, maybe. But like, it felt very much like this guy was like a Catholic and was having like Catholic nightmares where like, oh God, these people are having sex and wearing sexy clothes. And that makes me uncomfortable and makes me tingly and shit like that. But there was also a ton of like pyro and fire in that, like people like spinning fire and like breathing fire and shit like that. And that was, that was pretty neat. Well, I'm all about that Catholic guilt, you know, it's gotta, yeah. yeah, there was definitely like, dancers doing like full-on fucking like stripper moves and shit like that like fully clothed but definitely doing full-on fucking like stripper dance well you gotta hire your dancers from somewhere like where where are you gonna get them you know what i mean like where else are you gonna get them this and this is probably safer for them right now than than like actually stripping yeah yeah. and there were like a couple of sort of like magic illusions built into it as well although unfortunately the big final illusion where the main character was supposed to go into like a cage and get stabbed and then disappear kind of thing totally did not fucking work so they had to like go to the b plan kind of thing and you could really tell that shit had not worked right so i looked it up like on youtube and was like what was that actually supposed to look like oh yeah that would have been more impressive (laughs) Uh, you keep saying so i'm sorry you keep saying illusion i just keep picturing job and just like (laughs) tricks are things whores do for money michael i'm an illusion i do illusions i don't know why Oh God! <laughs> well, you know, we'll learn it. Uh, Tony, was it Tony Wonder? Was that the his his? I can't remember. I honestly can't by, remember anymore. Played by uh, Ben Stiller. Oh, it was. You're right. It was Tony Wonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. The <laughs> first they had the whole like, they had the whole thing where they were both pretending not to be gay for each other. And... That f- the first three seasons of that show were just like <laughs> fucking mind-bogglingly funny. Like just so yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, so that was that was universal. Well, I mean, that was the the horror nights. That's we also trip, did like almost right. Like, yeah, we did a day at each of the universal parks, but nothing really new there. Like we did, yeah. like all the stuff we normally do. Like we did the fucking big Transformers ride and the Hulk yeah. coaster and the, the yeah the fucking Michael Bay shrapnel Transformers ride. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and you guys, I was getting text messages about how bad the Fast and Furious ride is. Oh yeah, that was the one new thing that we did. Holy shit, that fucking ride is awful. I mean, like, the last bunch of movies have been fucking terrible, too. So, like, it's not... <laughs> you can schlock. tell that, like, all the actors, like, they, they got almost everybody. Like, oh, yeah. the Rock 
like Rocky was in there. Yeah. And fucking Vin Diesel. And actually, he's the only one who put like Chris even like the slightest bit of effort into it was probably Dwayne. I don't think yet. anybody, I don't think you'd say anybody put any fucking effort in that. Yeah. I bet. Ride. I bet. No, I like is so bad. And just so much, so much terrible compositing and like effects yeah. and stuff like that, that it was like not even the least bit immersive either. And I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe if maybe you could oversee all that shit if you like those movies, but I have never fucking watched. Does anybody like those movies? I think most people just watch and tolerate those movies for like (laughs) explosions and whatever. Like it's just schlock. That's all those movies are now. Schlock. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even know if you can generously call this fucking ride schlock. So oh, that's rough. But yeah, so that was the the all the stuff we did at Universal, and then the last day, the only thing really of note that I wanted to say is that we met up with Stephen Grade. And his wife, Kristen. Oh, nice, cool. Because uh, they're actually moving down there. Because oh, well, that's uh, right. Because she's got she got a good job uh, for Disney, if I'm not mistaken, right? Are we yeah, allowed Kristen, to talk about this? Kristen works. Are we allowed to talk about any of this shit? I mean, I'm sure if you looked her up on LinkedIn, you can see her what her job title is at least. Yeah. But yeah, she does work for Disney Parks now. Oh, and okay. uh, so they were actually down there to finish up the paperwork on a house that they're buying. Uh, that's awesome, man. World, so that's awesome. Good for them. Congratulations. Yeah, so they'll be down there, guys. I don't. Yeah. They probably don't listen to this podcast unless Steven's on it. Steve. But yeah, he might. <laughs> he Steve might. Congratulations, guys. I'm glad you guys are moving to Florida. Maybe that that sounds underhanded. I don't know. Like maybe that doesn't <laughs> sound. Ge- that doesn't sound <laughs> genuine when I say that. Yeah. Like I can't. I can't well, sound genuine and be like to the best part of Florida. Anyways, that's still like in my opinion. David by fate praise at best, it's you know. True. Like, it's the worst. Anyway, cool. So good. Yeah, and then it sounded like everything had gone well for them and everything. So yeah, we hung out with them for a few hours and did like the whole Avatar Pandora area with them, which again I know I've said on the podcast before, like I give no shits about that movie, but yeah. that fucking area is done so well and the rides yeah. in it are done so well that you know i just appreciate it from like a technical standpoint do we need to do our annual check as to when the next avatar movie comes out i think next year jesus we do this like once a year (laughs) december 16th 2022 is uh christmas next year yeah yeah. like i still god we'll be on like marvel movie 38 by then like who gives a shit Yeah, three or four more of those fucking movies coming out, or some shit like that. What Avatar? Oh yeah, he's got like he's another trilogy coming out, or something like that. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Just make more aliens movies, or like, and make another Terminator. Like nobody gives a shit. Yeah, Yeah, I would rather have Titanic two than Avatar (laughs) two. That doesn't even make fucking sense, and you know it. But like, you know what? I would watch it. Exactly. I've never even seen Titanic, and I would fucking rather watch zombies that. on the on the t- underwater zombies on the Titanic. Give me that movie. Oh, I mean, <laughs> sure. I'd rather watch that than Avatar two. I'm like, I've never seen Avatar either. So like, well, what do I know? You know what I mean? Like, I'm that <laughs> prick. I've never seen Titanic. I've never seen Avatar. Somehow, like Christy never made us watch like Titanic while we were, she was on the podcast. It feels like something <laughs> she would have done to us at some point, and just never did. But. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, so that was that was the trip. We we walked a lot. We didn't get COVID. We had a lot well, of fun. I'm mostly glad you didn't get COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mostly glad you just didn't get COVID. So yeah, it was, it's one of those things that like when I'm down there, most of the time I can just kind of like immerse, like let myself be immersed in the spaces that I'm in and like, you know, sort of the real world fucking worries and stress and everything kind of melts away. It was, you know, a little less of that this time because there was also still, you know, kind of the COVID worries and stuff like that, but it was still, uh, you know, it was still pretty good. Uh, I, 
I think that Disney especially is, you know, taking things pretty seriously. I wish that Universal would take things a little more seriously, but I'm hoping that COVID will fucking finally burn itself out in the U.S. in the not-so-foreseeable future, even if it's by fucking just infecting everybody, and that we will be able to get back to having more regular trips down there. Because, like, at this point, like, I like Halloween Horror Night so much that I would, you know, make a concerted effort to try and go every year. Fair. That sounds, I mean, like... I feel like that's an, an event that you would at least enjoy. Like, it, you know, it's just fucking, like goth chicks everywhere and like full makeup and <laughs> that one feels more like up my alley well i mean like and i'm and that's the thing i'm like i'm not a big enough horror guy to go like and completely insane about it so there is that too but like yeah yeah goth chicks that doesn't hurt nothing but I mean, they always have it like at least one or two of those big ips that you know sort of have have a wide appeal it was, it's like if you get down to that year where it's like they do beetlejuice ghostbusters and exorcist all in one year or something like that <laughs> that'd be like oh, okay yeah maybe we should go for that one yeah that would be like that's a lot of IP that I really care about quite a bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm glad you didn't get COVID basically. So that's good. <laughs> Me exciting. too. It was a relief when we got those test results back after having been breathed on by. I mean, that's the Americans. other thing with well, Universal in particular always sort of attracts fucking dumb people for some like some of the guests there just are like real fucking the worst, it seems, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was glad to get that back. So, but I mean, cool. we were said we're all vaccinated, put the vaccines to the test. If we were exposed, the vaccines did their jobs. So I guess that's all science. you can ask at this point. Yeah. Science. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, that is, that was my trip to Disney world with, or to universal and Disney world. So with that, we can move on to our final segment, which is geek cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might like. So Mark, what's your geek cred for this week? I'm going to recommend Candyman 2021. I find I sat down and watched it in the interim like last week and it is it's really good. It's actually a sequel to the yeah, original that's movie what I saw. Full yeah. on and like it is really well made and it was like my horror it's like my horror movie of 2021. Like it was like because I, I always have like one that I see that I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was pretty good." Like better than I had any right to be. And so I was on board. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I need to watch that. I'll probably check it out maybe this weekend or something like that. Yeah, man. I, I highly recommend you watch it. You're going to enjoy it because it does. It harkens back to that original movie quite a bit. And like, yeah, no, it's very good. Quite, quite to recommend. Nice. I got Free Guy, too. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'm going to watch that this weekend, probably. Oh, yeah. That one I want to see, too. So there's that and yeah I, so like totally like it, it candy man i think is available now like kind of wherever you can buy it basically like a playstation store or whatever yeah like apple yeah. store or whatever so yeah you can go rent it or whatever so go do that because it, it was fucking it was really good i had a good time with it so this whole like being able to stream stuff you know pretty shortly after it's in theaters is is one of the nice silver linings of covid yeah i'm i'm wondering how like around i hope it sticks around because it is nice to not be like oh fuck when does that movie come back out again like if i yeah, want to watch like it again four months six months whatever yeah, like we're, we're, I think Disney's at like forty-five days, and that feels like kind of everybody's at forty-five days now between like theatrical release and digital. Which, like, I'd like to get it down to thirty, like get to that month. But mm-hmm. I mean, forty-five is not fucking horrible. Like Shang Chi's going to be out like what in a couple of days, kind of thing or something. No, that's one of those ones. It's like November. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that's, so there you that's go. Like, but I think that is right around that like forty-five day mark, right? Because yeah. it came out uh, early Beginning September, so yeah. it makes sense for it to come out like early, early mid November on. Yes. Yeah. Well, are they not doing premiere access with that? 
that no, they post? are. You can you can buy it, right? Oh no, no, that was the one that was. Remember, it's forty five days. It, they said so because you said it's coming out on Disney Plus Day, like just available, right? Like not Premier Access. Is there Premier Access before that? I don't think so because okay. that was the one where they said we're going to sort of do a trial on this and not release it day and date on Disney yeah. Plus, right? Okay. They're just going to release it in theaters to start. Fair. Either way, Mikey cared for this week, so Alicia got me a. Uh, anniversary present because we just had our 11th anniversary a few weeks ago and uh, she had it shipped well she had it shipped to her mother in georgia and then she had her mother ship it to the resort we were staying at disney world so that she didn't have to like pay to ship to canada but uh it was a couple of tiki mugs from a designer called tiki tony and if you're like me and you're a fan of both Tiki bars and tiki drinks and Disney parks. Definitely check this guy out. He has other stuff as well. But like uh, what these were was a couple of limited edition tiki mugs from there. They were Jose and Rosita, who are a couple of the parrot characters from the classic tiki room attraction show thing at the Disney parks. Uh, So she got those for me for my anniversary. And they've got a bunch of other sort of Disney parks themed stuff as well. And I mean, they're cool for that reason, but they're also just like really nicely designed and like fully painted. Like a lot of the time you get Tiki mugs that are just like two color kind of thing. Like it's just Mm -hmm. like the glaze and then the, the actual ceramic, but these are like fully painted up. So really nice. And yeah, has a lot of other cool stuff available as well. Tiki Tony. Did we talk about this? I feel like we talked about this already. I might have talked about them when because they they were like limited edition, and I was getting a ton of fucking Facebook ads for them back in the day. You're talking about the like you just ordered something from a website, maybe something else. Don't worry about it. Oh no, that, those were those are the glass straws and stuff. That's it. There also drink related. Yeah, okay. I swear I'm not alcoholic people. Uh, <laughs> I have sure. a full bar, but it's because we have parties. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, all right. So with that, we can finish off this episode. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to talk to us about this episode at all, you know, any of the things we talked about, any of the news we talked about, if you have done a sort of COVID visit to any theme parks or anything like that and what what, what your experiences were you can talk to us on facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can talk to us on twitter at drd underscore podcast you can talk to me on twitter at drd underscore podcast and you can talk to mark at twitter at m underscore roulette you can email us as well at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com if you're not already subscribed to the podcast you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places that podcasts can be found. And you can check out Mark's stuff at MT underscore Oulette on Instagram. That's right, that's, isn't it? That's the right one, yeah. It's fucking confusing because you have different Instagram and fucking Twitter. That's because I signed up for those fucking services like <laughs> 10 years apart or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what happens. My Twitter account is ancient and my Instagram account is not. So... There we go. Somebody got M underscore Willett ahead of me on Instagram, apparently, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Feels like what I would have gone for. I don't know why I went with my last name, but whatever. Whatever. Anyway. All right. Awesome. So that's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. We will talk to you next week. I think we have to see Venom. Oh, no. That's, that's next week, Mark. That, listeners, is the sound of our souls leaving our bodies. That's me being broken as a human this being. Is, this is us suffering for is you. Is it really? Fuck.
Fuck. Yeah, it comes out on October 1st. <sighs> no. All right. All right. Fuck, fuck. I guess we're talking to you with Venom next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and then we can do Halloween shit. Oh, this is Halloween shit. It's terrifying. Bye. <laughs>